0: Well, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Dr. Tina Chosek, and I'm coming to you from my kitchen. Um, and so I am here uh, on behalf of UNL's Wellness and Tough Time Times team, and we are doing a series um, of webinars and podcasts uh, related to COVID and some of the issues that we're facing. So I'm here today to start the conversation. But today's topic is where's the money. And so we all know that this farming has been difficult for a long time, but I think COVID is going to make some of these issues um, stand out a little bit to us. And so we just want to talk a little bit today about how we can minimize the impact, at least on our mental health. Right. And so I, my grandma used to have a saying um, whenever we would go by a cattle yard. And of course, you know, when you go by that, you can smell <laughs> the, the business of what the cattle yard, the feed yards do, right? And she always would say, uh, can you smell that? That's the smell of money. And so um, my grandma actually and uh, grandparents, we grew up in the western part of Nebraska, a lot of ranching. um, And so although we did not ranch ourselves, we ran a lumber and hardware store that supplied all of the things to the ranchers um, in the area because it was a very small, small town, small community. And that was the, the place where everybody came to get all their supplies. So when the ranchers did well, the store did well. When the ranchers were not doing well the store didn't do well and so you know that my grandma's kind of thought was uh when the ranchers do well then right that's the smell of money and so um you know i really really uh loved growing up in the panhandle of nebraska and even though now i live in central nebraska i grew up and came to college in Kearney, and um, we were not able to farm. The the land just wouldn't support all of us in the family, Um, in my husband's side of the family, because they do continue to ranch back in the panhandle, and so we had to find other things um, to kind of support ourselves. And I think that's the story of a lot of uh, kids who grew up in an agricultural setting, and it's really difficult, I think, sometimes for us to... um, you know, make some of those hard choices when we have to that are tied up into money and finances. And, um, you know, it takes a hit, not only, you know, just financially, but also kind of emotionally as well. And so, like, where are we at? It's no surprise that the farm economy is in crisis and has been for some time. Um, and those of you listening probably know well more than I do um, some of the challenges because money just doesn't grow in the fields, right? That's not the it's not the crop that you're growing is hundred dollar bills. Um, but you know, over kind of the last five years at least, the economic condition um, just has been worsening. And you know, it, it probably goes even back further than five years, but there's you know just been this real sharp down downtrend of late, and so you know that's tied to lots of things that are outside of our, our uh, most people 's control right things like tariffs um, government policies increased in production costs um, low commodity prices multi level years of just a downtrend in crop and livestock prices and so um over the last the research says over the last uh, year there's been a drop in net farm income. And, um, that really shows up in, you know, a negative farm income. And I don't know very many people who work other than farmers for a negative, you know, for a loss throughout the year. I mean, if that was your job, if you worked anywhere else and you were hired, you would quit that job. Right. Um, but that is not what's in the, in, um, kind of the, the farmer and ranchers imperative. And so, there's people that are a whole lot smarter than me that can explain why, why all of these things are happening. Um, but I do know that when you spend more to run the operation, then you can take in that there's trouble, right? And um, that's really that's really no secrets because we're not bailing up $100 bills. You know, we're um, out there working hard all of you to you know just barely scrape by and make a living and so that's that's pretty evident when you look at the bankruptcies and um although we're not at the you know level of the historic bankruptcies in the farm crisis of the 80s, we're slowly starting to inch our way there. And I think part of the worry is, is that COVID's going to tip that balance as we start to realize some of the financial effects that have happened. And, you know, in Nebraska, we're also starting to realize some of the effects from the flooding and um, the blizzard, and that happened a year ago. So it's kind of a double whammy right? Um, And so the the number of bankruptcies have steadily been increasing across the country in the last five years. And and, um, in fact, from uh, March of 19 to March of 20, so the last year, um, they were up over 23%. And that's been the third highest total um, in the last 20 years. So you you can kind of see where that is trending upward. And who leads the way? um wisconsin actually is a state leads the way a number of bankruptcies and um that you know we hear a lot in the in the news about the dairy farmers and have for quite some time how they're struggling and you know that wisconsin that's their main agricultural product and um so i last year got to go up to wisconsin um up to the um farm medicine uh, the national farm medicine center in marshfield wisconsin and do some work with some other researchers in the agricultural field, kind of all these you know, brilliant minds that come together and try to um, help understand kind of the mental health impact that goes on um, in the farming and ranching community and how we can be a help. Right, because that's my field is, is psychology, and that's what I do for a living is try to help uh, the emotional health. Um, and my passion is tied to agriculture. Growing up, being a rural girl, and so that's that that team of researchers. While we were up there, um, you know, they talked a lot about in Wisconsin the the trouble that the dairy farmers are having and, you know, their rate of suicides is just really high because they're really, the industry is just pretty much disappearing and people are not making it. And so you look at that and then you look at who follows Wisconsin. It's actually Nebraska. So we're right behind Wisconsin in terms of the total number of bankruptcies across the nation, the, high, the second highest. And, um, you know, that that was very cash um, uh, made very real when I was up in Wisconsin at that um, national farm medicine research meeting. Um, I, I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, gosh, I got so much to do at home. Is this a good use of my time? And I should be doing clinical work. I should be seeing people. And um, you know, how, how can we make impact on a, on a bigger scale was kind of my question. And is this where I needed to be? So my husband had sent me a text, um, on the last day that I was there and, um, it was, was not a good text. Um, one of the people in, in our community had went to, um, the bank and was trying to, you know, work out the details of operating loans and, you know, all the financial pieces and was, was told no, that he, that he was not able to, um, extend it any more credit. There was no more money. And that farmer unfortunately made the choice after that difficult meeting to take his own life. And I, you know, I thought how tragic, you know, he left behind kids and families and grieving parents and uh, just, you know, a, a tragedy. And I also think about that lender, you know, that had to make that tough call and some of the, the, the guilt and the, and the stress and the strain and the worry not only on our farmers, but the whole system, you know, with what we're dealing with financially. And so, yes, it is a good use of our time to look at the mental health effects, right, on this whole financial piece to farming. And um, if you dig further then into that bankruptcy, there are over 50% of those bankruptcies occur out of the Midwest. So our neighbors, Iowa, are third on the list. And so there really is a huge financial crisis in the farming community. And then we also look at now we have this COVID and what is it going to do to finances and, um, Right now, we're in the midst of the healthcare crisis with COVID. Right, so the healthcare system being very overwhelmed with patients, um, especially in you know a, a bigger cities, and you know in Nebraska, we are starting to see many, many more cases, um, and that's been tied to the meatpacking packing industry. Right, and so again, we see kind of the agricultural impact. Um, What's going to happen next, the experts predict, is the financial crisis, right? As the economy has been slowed down and people are not working, um, we're going to start realizing the impact that it's going to have on the economy. And then the next wave, really, of difficulty uh, or crisis is going to be on the mental health front when people are facing those and having to make um, in difficult choices. And so the economic impact, they are predicting there's going to be even more bankruptcy bankruptcies. And of course, when, um, you know, all of the economy, the slowdown and all those things, a lot of, um, farmers and ranchers really rely on that, um, off-the-farm income and, you know, other working off of the farm to kind of make ends meet for benefits and stuff, that such. Well, now that we've had such massive unemployment related to COVID, off-the-farm income is dropping. And, you know, so then that kind of hurts in terms of meeting uh, basic needs, right? And so, so many things are closed due to the coronavirus, right, our economy, um, you know, and and it's not just, yes, it is an inconvenience. We can't go out and shop at stores we want to or, um, you know, we we aren't able to, um, you know, go to restaurants and eat where we like to those things, yes, are inconveniences, but a lot of the supply chain for agricultural products has been disrupted because places are closing and like that meat packing um, issue, right? As, as their, you know, workers are sick and not coming to work and panic and, and the numbers are rising within that industry, not only in Nebraska, but across the nation, we're really seeing the, the results of that, right? Of that supply chain disruption, then what do farmers do, you know, with all of their product, right? And so that's become uh, an issue. And, you know, I went, we went to the grocery store the other day to buy some meat. And number one, if you can find it, you know, that's pretty amazing in the grocery store. Two, when you do, you pay a pretty hefty price. And it's not the farmer who is going to be realizing, right, the um, profit off of that. Um, that it, that's going to more of the middleman than it is the actual farmer, but farmers are still farming, right? We don't close <laughs> because of uh, coronavirus, and um, you know the livestock still need to be taken care of, the crops still need need to be planted, and so the American uh, Farm Bureau Federation has uh, this neat campaign going on about um, that farmers are still farming and doing what needs to be done amidst the crisis and they have a a hashtag uh, still farming which kind of speaks to the resiliency of of farmers and that they are getting out there and and doing um, you know what needs to be done and that's what's in 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 the blood right that's what's in farmers blood and so this whole financial impact has, you know, some winners and some losers. So we've kind of talked about a a few of the, um, the losers, so to speak in the economy. Um, But I think there's been some, some positive things, um, you know, kind of the silver lining, uh, if you will, to some of these storm clouds. And one is just our rural communities and our small rural communities, how they've been um, impacted has been really interesting. So my little uh, small grocery store in the town where I live, and I I live in a town of 300 people. So (laughs) it is a very small town, but we have the basics, right? We have a grocery store and a post office, and um, we have a very small restaurant that's also a, um, you know, serves alcohol and um there's um you know the co-op gas station and a few other things and one of the things that i've noticed because so many people are now at home they're shopping locally right they're going into the small town grocery stores and our grocery store even though there's been a lot of empty shelves which i had never seen that before my small little grocery store like empty spaces um that you know and that really points to we need farmers to support to supply our, our food, right? We can't go empty. There's like a panic when you see that. Um, but the grocery store struggled and struggled and struggled. And of course, you know, of course, always talk about, will it make it? Will it make it? One small little grocery store close to where I live, the community rallied um, not too long ago just to keep it open, right? The reality is they didn't want to lose their grocery store. But so many people, when they shop out of town, it can't, it can't sustain itself, right? And so now the grocery store, the small grocery stores are booming because people are not leaving town, you know, being in, staying in their small communities and shopping locally. So, you know, that's been kind of one of the good things. And I think it really points to the fact that we really do need to support um, our small town businesses and our, our rural Um, way of life really depends on a lot of those things um so going back to the days right where um you know the 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 community was the hub the center right the grocery store the coffee shops um there's a few places out in the sandhills when i when i drive uh, to go back home um and i think of valentine there's everything you could need or want in that little town right i mean they they have really um become a hub and people shop there and go there because it's necessity there's not a whole lot elsewhere and I think in the rest of Nebraska we could we could take a lesson from that instead of driving you know 30 minutes to get all of our groceries in the bigger towns or you know that we that we think first about our local um, folks that really support the ag economy and so I guess the message here is be more like a farmer <laughs> in a lot of ways. I think we all need to be more like, um, a farmer and that is, you know, support things locally, uh, think about the land, think about the impact, um, that the choices have financially. And, um, the I got such a chuckle the other day out of reading uh, the newspaper in Kearney. Um, a woman had come to the city council and wanted a loosening of restrictions on being able to keep chickens in the city because she wanted to uh, be able to get eggs, and because eggs were so expensive in the store. And um, my daughter, who lives in Bellevue, and they have what they call the city ranch. Um, they live in in the city limits of Bellevue, but they have a couple acres and they have a pasture and they've got sheep and, you know, um, you can kind of take the, take the girl out of the city, right. Or off the farm and into the city, but the farm farm way of life still, uh, is there. And so she has eggs and she's become very popular in her neighborhood (laughs) for that. And so, you know, by local, I, I remember growing up as well, um, that my husband, where he lived, they were close to a dairy in the panhandle. And rather than buying milk in the store, they went directly to the dairy and got the milk right out of the taps. And that was just such a fun experience to be able to go get milk, right? I mean, fresh, right there, anytime. And it supported that local farmer. And so I think there's some things in terms of economy that maybe we need to do differently during this time, you know, rather than thinking about going to – to the store to buy our meat and, and relying on that, maybe we should you know, think about buying it from another farmer who raised livestock, right? Help, help both ends out. Um, and so we're going to continue the conversation in part two of this um, with talking about how finances affect our mental health. You might be surprised to learn that there's a direct uh, correlation and impact with how well you're doing mentally and how your emotional wellness is and how, the, how your finances are. So stay tuned for that, part two.